Hey everybody, have you considered starting a podcast? We here at Screwball highly recommend Podbean for getting your podcast out to a larger audience. Podbean has given us the opportunity to easily bring you Screwball each and every week on all of your favorite podcast services. Use the link podbean.com slash screwball to sign up and save up to 35% annually. You can also use the link podbean.com slash pro slash screwball to sign up for a business subscription. Happy podcasting. Hey everybody, welcome back to Screwball, a baseball podcast, your home for everything baseball. I'm your host, Mike LaPree, here with my co-host, Frank White. Hey, how's it going? This is episode 124 of Screwball. Uh, this week, coming in with uh, a little bit more news as uh, we had uh, Labor Day and a little extra day here to record the podcast, and it is going up, as you probably already noticed, a day late on Thursday. Uh, so we do have some extra days here of news and stats and, and other happenings in baseball. So between the two of us, we, we have a lot to talk about, so let's just jump right into it and at the top of the show, as we usually do with the news. So the number one piece of news I have here is Chicago White Sox ace Dylan Cease was one out away from history Saturday night. Cease lost a no-hitter with two outs in the ninth inning against the Minnesota Twins. Luis Arias, the AL leading hitter, uh, broke it up with a single to right field, and Chicago ended up winning that game 13 to nothing. So we don't... Obviously, have quite the no-hitters we had, uh, what was it, last year? Or so it was the record-breaking year. We had, like, a million of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, we haven't quite seen that volume at all. And um, Dylan Cease has been absolutely incredible this year. Borderline, you know, Cy Young award, if not the Cy Young guy, maybe other than Verlander. So, you know, him having a no-hitter would have made sense. And I think that the only other thing that makes sense here is Luis Arias being the one to break it up. Oh, yeah. You know, being the leading hitter in the AL is uh, – is a uh, pretty good, uh, you know, pretty good guy to, you know, get the hit for you as if you're the twins. So well, he wasn't an all-star. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I don't. Yeah, I still don't understand that. So, but yeah, he was pretty close to a no-hitter there. But I mean, uh, just Dylan Cease in general has been really, really good for the White Sox this season. All for on a team that really has just been underperforming uh, at an outstanding level. Really, I just can't even believe they're they're uh, five hundred. Yeah, they're. I mean, they're just an average team in a, in really the easiest division in baseball. Really, the easiest division to win at this point. So, I don't know, but you know, cool, cool for him that he really. I think it ended up being just a one hitter, and he threw the. I believe he did throw the complete game. So good for him. All in all, good start. But I thought I'd just bring it up that he was just that close, and how how close we've come a few times this year to no hitters and stuff. There's two times. Yeah, the guy was down to one strike left in the ninth inning. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, good on the hitter to staying in there and fight one off or whatever and hitting a clean single or, or whatever it was. But, yeah, so moving on to the next piece of news, which I think is not even so much a piece of news, but uh, more of a maybe a little just inquiry we have and all of baseball has here. But number two, can Paul Goldschmidt and Aaron Judge win the Triple Crown in each of their respective leagues? So currently uh, Goldschmidt is sitting, you know, he's only two behind the home run leader, uh, in the NL, and he's leading all other categories. And Aaron Judge is leading all other categories. Uh, he's leading home runs and RBIs, but he's .013 points down on average, which this far into the season, you know, it's it's not an easy piece of ground to make up. But when you're that close and you already far and away have the home run lead and the RBIs, you're, you're, you're up there too. So, you know, and Goldschmidt only being two home runs behind, I mean, he's certainly well within the grasp. I think Goldschmidt is really the closer of the two. Uh, but it's pretty amazing that we have two guys having this incredible of a year. 
Uh, especially, you know, uh, I know Goldschmidt all year has been great, but Aaron Judge is having borderline a historic season, which is, you know, it's just very cool to see two guys in each one in each league doing it. You know, is yeah. is, is really cool for and two guys that we like. It so also for uh, Aaron Judge's season right now too, you'd have a uh, Goldschmidt would have a chance of winning the triple crown for the entire league. Oh yeah, because mm. he's at the average, and you take out Judge's home runs, and he's right up there in the most home runs in all of baseball, and his RBIs, he's right up there. So he's, he's not far off of the whole league triple crown, which we haven't seen a bunch of times. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's it's uh it, it's impressive by both of them, both really carrying their teams really cuz you know the Cardinals as a whole would definitely be a lot closer to the Brewers than they are now and the oh, yeah. the Yankees certainly I think at this point would not have the AL East lead. So you know I just don't know how how much more valuable you can get to a team than these two guys, you know. So but yeah, it's just worth bringing up because as the weeks go on here we could see a, a legitimate triple crown winner. Or both. Hell, it'd be even crazier. And then moving on to the third piece of news I have here, just as a follow-up to last week's news regarding the Minor League Baseball Players Association unionization, uh, more than 50% of Minor League Baseball players have signed the authorization cards in support of unionization as part of the MLB Players Association, uh, the union that just announced this uh, yesterday, uh, Tuesday, as of recording this. So I think it's, it's uh, as I kind of brought up last week, I think it's cool that they can unionize and become part of, you know, more of the Players Association. And you have a lot of these guys that are going to make it through into the MLB. And even if they don't, they should be treated. Um, I think they should be treated fairly. And, um, you know, I just think it's I think it's good for the league and, and good for those minor league players because a lot of them, you know, there's always reports of guys not getting treated, you know, as fairly as they probably should. So I think it's a good thing. But I just wanted as a follow-up, to say that the 50% of them did sign and it's probably going to move forward is my guess. If they at least got 50%, you know, it's a, that's a good start. You and know? we're probably coming in as well. Right. And that's, yeah, that's just as of right now. Yeah. Uh, some other news I got here. We've seen uh Pulos hits home run number 695, bringing him five away from obviously 700, one away from tying a rod. Uh, but he also broke the record for the most home runs off of a different pitcher. Yeah. I believe it's 450 different pitchers now. Uh, so that's pretty incredible in its own right. Yeah. Um, we've seen uh, the Orioles yesterday and the Blue Jays bench-clearing yelling match. Not much going on, but you can see the fight in the Orioles, yep. um, which is different than we've seen in the last couple of years. So that's you know good to see. Absolutely. Um, <clears throat> what else we got here? The Braves come all the way back. And they're tied for the division going into today. Yeah. Um, Mets had a doubleheader. They won game one. Braves won their game, so they're still tied. Mets obviously have another game, doubleheader. If they lose that game, Braves are in first place. They were 10 and a half back at certain points. They were 14 or 13 back at some points. Mm-hmm. And they came all the way back. They just don't seem to lose at this point. Yeah. Uh, again, Judge hit a home run today, his 55th home run. Six away from tying the AL record. Seven away from breaking the AR record and whatever you want to count that, but he's 18 away from tying Bonds, 19 away from breaking that record. I don't think that's going to happen unless he goes on literally one of the greatest home run months to ever be done. Yeah. Like the record Sosa with 21 in a month or something. He would need 19 at this point. Yeah. Plus the ones he's already hit this month, so he would literally have to break the record. Yeah, which is, I mean. Yeah. Which, you know, it's I guess it's not impossible, but it's damn near impossible. Yeah. So. 
Uh, other than that, I, you know, didn't have a real big topic to go over today. I just my topic I thought was with some of these teams that have been lackluster here was is there a leader or a leadership problem on some of these teams? And one being the one team we we talk about you know a little bit because we watch all the time, but the Yankees. Mm-hmm. I honestly think there's a there's a leadership problem on this team, and the reason being is who's leading the team. You can say, oh, Garrett Cole, but Garrett Cole's that not quite that leader you can get fully beca- behind because you know the kind of leader he is. He's a fire guy, mm-hmm. right? So sometimes he's a little too ramped up, or sometimes he gets a little too over himself. He really he's not too level level headed. Right, kind of their Paul Neal, right? He was a leader, mm-hmm. but he wasn't quite the leader because again, he gets fired up, which is great. You need those guys, but not quite the leader, right? right? And then you have a guy like Judge who doesn't say anything. At least, I you don't see anything. There's no, there's just no way mm-hmm. that he can say he says too too much to his guys, which is you need those guys too. But there's a means to be a middle ground to have a good leader. Right. Um, I know with the, the Jeter documentary, you could see at the young age, you know, he was yelling at, uh, at veterans, David Wells. Do you see Judge doing that? No, I don't. And is that a problem for the Yankees? Is why they're they're having these essentially these collapses, or these these all of a sudden these long stretches of faltering. Mm. So it's not that leader like, hey, you got to pick it up. And we've seen this year Boone do a better job, kind of calling the guys out. But I think the players need to do that too, you know. And, and one team again, you could say is the Phillies. What happened there? Girardi got fired, and it was all different. Yeah. Was it all of a sudden it was, it's you, it's on you. Or did the players come out, hey, Girardi got fired, and then Harper, who's, I can see, he he fits that. He'll get on you anymore. When you first was younger, I think he was a little more Garrett Cole, a little more hotter, right. you know, a little more hot-headed. Now it's, I think he cooled it a little bit. But he'll get it, he'll get hot-headed. But I think he maybe fills that leadership a little bit better. Well, he'll get on you. Hey, you got to play better. Right, yeah, I agree. And then all of a sudden, that's what happened. We got to play better. Like you're doing this wrong. You're doing this wrong. Like you can, you, you got to be open to your teammates. Mm-hmm. Not just eh, you'll get them next time. No. Hey, listen, you haven't got a hit in a month. Hit the ball right field. Yeah, for once. Like change your swing. <laughs> Let's go. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you can't just keep going up there and banging your head against the wall and think something's going to change. Mm-hmm. You know, the White Sox they have a leader. You say, well, Tim Anderson's a leader, but is he? Because he can't keep himself on the field. He's getting suspended every time he's out there. He's doing this every time he's out there. Oh, well, they don't like the coach. because like the... Well, then you're not a leader. You deal with what you got to have. Mm-hmm. You got to have a leader that's going to, you know, call someone out when they need to be called out, level-headed when they need to be level-headed, but they got to be, you know, they got to explode when they need to be, ex- you know, time to explode. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the Yankees' case, you know, Judge got hit by Manoa that game. That was his chance. Cole was already out of the dugout, fired up. Again, Cole, that's his guy. That's what he does. Judge could have really set a stone, you know, set the tone there. He gets fighting a little bit. Team's rocking and rolling. Right. But there's just none of that. So you need a leader. And that's like, not everyone's a leader. And not every team has one. Not every team has a captain. If I'm the Yankees and judges are my captain, this can't happen if you're the captain. It can't happen. Last right. year, the team had more talent than anybody, and they were pathetic. This year, you're full, absolutely falling apart. Obviously, now you're kind of riding back up a little bit, right? You're at least being a decent team. But how, what happened? Yeah. How can you go through these long stretches? If you're the leader, it can't happen. It just doesn't happen. You know, and then, like I said, not every team has them. Or not every team has that one guy. Sometimes it's more of a collective. Right. The Yankees don't have that middle ground guy. Because judges, like, like, Jesus over there. Yeah. Right? 
I don't know any guys can stand up and, and talk. I mean, Cole is probably the one guy that can, because he'll talk to any, he'll, you know, he'll stand up to anybody. Yeah. But judges, I just think you got to have that middle ground to be able to pick on the guys, not pick on them, but call them out. Like, you've been terrible. You're not helping us. <laughs> right. And, hey, you're doing a great job, or, hey, you got to do this. And sometimes it's okay just not do anything. Mm. But you don't, you don't have that. And some teams, like I said, the Angels have a big one. The Angels are a big team that has no leader. Otani's not going to call you out. That's just not his nature. One, it's not, he's not even, it's not even his language. Right. Trout, very similar to Judge. Never going to call you out. So, and again, what's that team do? Falter every year. Mm-hmm. You need a leader. You need to call guys out when it's time to call somebody out. White Sox, I think we've seen a problem with that. And then obviously, I don't know why they don't want to play with La Russa, but they can't get past that. Then you got teams like, you know, the Mets. I think they have their guys. You know, I don't know when Dor, you know, when he's playing good, it feels like that way. When he's playing bad, I don't know, it seems like he's kind of a little bit quiet. Mm-hmm. But you, you, you got kind of McNeil, a little bit of an excitement guy, right? When things get going, he gets excited. And Nimmo's just, all, you know, all riled up, ready to go nuts. And then mm-hmm. Alonzo, he'll get, he looks like Alonzo's the kind of guy who'll get on you when he's right. getting, get on you, right? Yeah. And then you have your Scherzer, who's kind of like your Garrett Cole, who just goes absolutely nuts. But then you have your DeGrom, who doesn't say a word. So it feels like you have that guy. Then you obviously have a manager who will get on you and do whatever he needs to do. So they have that leadership. And that's why they they went to the next level. Because they finally have a leader. Or multiple people that fill that leadership role. Yeah, they have a balance. I think Cleveland is a great example. I think Jose Ramirez. I don't know exactly what goes on over there. Him taking a lesser contract, though, and Cleveland always playing better than they're expected, seems to be... You know, Josh Naylor goes nuts over there. There's your hot guy, you know, your high-headed guy. Then you got Jose Ramirez seems to be kind of a middle ground. Shane Bieber doesn't say a word. Mm. It just seems like they have a leadership, and they're always better than they are. And then you got Terry Francona. So you have those leaders, but the players need to be leaders too, not just laying on the coaches all the time. And I think that's where we we talked about this in the past, where Mm. coaches kind of get beat up for, and the players are like, oh, that's his fault. you got to be a leader. And I think we see that, like I said, the Angels are a perfect example. The Yankees are a perfect example. I just think they, they lack... Player leadership. Where's the players only meetings getting called? You know, when's these things, when are you getting called out? When is this getting called out? You know, I just, Philly, I think, was a good example. All of a sudden, I think the players got put on, like, hey, this is on you guys now when mm. Girardi got fired. And then that, look what happened. Right, right. You know, the White Sox, I don't, I'm, just seems like it's lacking over there. Cleveland just seems like they always have something. Maybe it's just Frank Kona, maybe it's the player. Jose Ramirez taking a lesser deal. It really sticks with a lot of guys wanting to be there. You know, Houston. I don't know. You got you got your guys out there. Dodgers, especially in the past. Well, Dodgers, of course, they only have every you know every superstar in the world. <laughs> yeah, Freeman. He's mm. done there. He, he's he, he, no no doubt in my mind he'll get on you when you need to. We need mm. to. Right. But he's as smooth and calm as as it gets. You know, mm-hmm. it just seems you you got to have that mix of guys. Well, you have to have a leader. I just don't see some of these teams not having that guy who will get on you. And then it just kind of, these long extended streaks just go and go and go until, oh, eventually they get hot again or they start turning around. But you got to get on. You're like, hey, you got to play better. Right. Like, this is on you now, right? Mm-hmm. Now, it's not just one guy for the Yankees that, are, that, that's, that you know, is a problem. You know, that's not the thing. But you got to get on them. Not just let it happen. Right. Or oh, the coach will say something. Or, or the fans let them. No, no, no. The players have to be like, hey, like, you get them next time. I get it. But hey, you got to, you, this has to be changed. Yeah. Like, I'm the leader of this team. You want to be the captain? you got to show me that this doesn't happen. These extended cold streaks where the team's pathetic. Agreed. 
It's more than just the numbers. He'd go out there and keep hitting all he wants. You gotta get everybody else on board here. And I think the Angels are a perfect, an absolute perfect example. Yeah. I think Trout fits the judge kind of. I think Trout fits the judge kind of mold. Mm-hmm. They're very similar in that clubhouse. You can see it. They have they're Jesus. Yeah. No one's gonna say a word to them, but they're not really gonna call you out. And it's not gonna be like a louder call out either. We might come over to you. Hey, you gotta go, please do it. Hey, let's go. Like, kind of call them out. Mm-hmm. You know, we see it in other sports. Big Ben used to do it. He had, he had a, a talk show on the on just going the radio once a week. And there were some weeks they used to talk about it. You see it on TV all the time. He, he would call guys out. He was really calling them like this guy's not playing good. He really, he's really, you know, he's hurting our offense because he's not playing good. And sometimes they talked about that. Like, oh, I don't know if he should call those guys out. I don't know if he should. Sometimes they're like, yeah, you know, they're not. Really, but, but a lot of times it wasn't. You're not wrong. Mm. And all of a sudden that guy starts playing better. Put the fire on them. Hey, you got to do something here. So, that's what I wanted. To, you know, I I didn't know exactly the topic to do, but I figured that was a good one just because, again, I I, I thought about it recently when I seen the Yankees kind of faltering. And then thinking, well, look at the Phillies. And look at the White Sox. And then look at the Angels. I'm like, well, this all makes sense. Because mm-hmm. this happens. Then you look at the Mets. And why, how did they... Their team didn't change much this year. You added Scherzer. Yeah. Edwin Diaz is better than he was last year. But Diaz wasn't bad last year. He's no. been dominant this year. Then you add Scherzer, and your team's 40 more wins than you had. <laughs> yeah. There's obviously there's something different. Yeah. Him and Showalter really are the big additions. You know, yeah. see how much of a thing. difference leaders, that makes. Leaders, you need them leaders. You need that guy to call you out when needed, to understand when to just pat him on the back when needed, and times when it's, hey, you're pissing us off. Let's go fight somebody. Let's clear the benches. Let's push somebody down. You need right. that too. Right now, I don't see the Yankees starting no fights. Right, and you had a chance, and you, a lot of patting on the back. You'll get it. You'll get it next time. Mm-hmm. Right. And the Angels definitely. You know they don't. They don't do anything right. So, no, no, they never do. Um, but again, I think it's this leadership. And there's other teams. You know, I. You know, you go up and down. You said the Dodgers. Mm-hmm. Fr- Fr- Freeman seems to be that middle ground. Yeah, you got the there. fiery guy with Muncie. You got yeah. Mookie Betts probably a middle ground guy. Yeah, Kershaw doesn't really seem to get. Under anybody's skin out there, you just but he's another one. He's kind of at the top of the top of the chain now, right? Houston, you got Verlander. You know he'll get up on you. Mm-hmm. I'm sure Altuve does his part. And yeah, he had Correa there in the past. Bregman. Yeah, and then you got Lee Brantley, who just goes about his you know Lemayu esque business, just kind of goes about it and hits and shows up and he goes home. So you need those mixed guys, but you, you need that middle ground guy and someone who's going to call him out, which is going to set cold streaks shorter, put guys more accountable. Don't put it on the front office or, oh, well, uh, you know, they, these other team played so much better. And, oh, we had injuries. No, it's on the players. Mm-hmm. Step up and do something. When someone doesn't hustle, you call them out. All right. If someone doesn't, you know, someone keeps doing the same thing over and over and it's not working, you call them out. You know, they, they start, you know, waving their hands at people and like, ah, you got to make that play. You call them out. Mm-hmm. It's got to be somebody like that. And it's almost like you almost want not not do it and, you know, make an ass of them, but. There's times where you almost want to be like, hey, so someone someone could see it. Oh, all right, this guy's a really leader, you know. He's to show you. Like, hey, you, got, you can't do that. Yeah. So there's times in place for it, and I think it's harder to find those guys now. I agree. Because a lot of it's been pushed. Well, it's coach's fault. It's the management fault. Even coming up as a young young person, it always seems to be, ah, coach just doesn't, doesn't do it right. Oh, that guy doesn't do this, doesn't do that. You know, I, I don't know. You get a different team and they switch teams and stuff like that. Like, sometimes you just got to take what you get and you got to do the best with it. Right. And you got to be, be your own leader. 
Yeah, I agree. That's why you always, you know, you wonder, especially the Braves last year, even though they won the World Series, struggled for a while. Maybe they didn't have quite the mix they wanted, and all of a sudden they make tread that deadline moves, and you got the fiery guy, and you got, you know, more balanced, yeah. a more balanced clubhouse, really. Well, maybe, you know, Freeman, you know, again, from us saying Freeman's going to be loud in all time, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe he finally really took that step. Yeah. No one can, and you know, I am the leader here. Because, mm-hmm. you know, you had Cunha and a guy like that where he's like, maybe I'm not quite the leader. And I think maybe he took that step. It's like, I am the leader. Mm-hmm. And this is what's going on. Yeah. Now, here's the deal. We're I'm playing like crap. Philly's yeah. a perfect example. That definitely happened. They literally said, they fired Girardi, the players literally had like a meeting, players only meeting. And they're like, hey, it's on us. Mm-hmm. Like, we we let this happen. And then they went nuts. They're yeah. 55 and 20 or some crap like that. Yeah, they've been good. Sometimes the player, it's the, you're the one with the bat in your hand. Coach is going to write your name in there. What's that, that going to do? You gotta hit the ball. You gotta make the plays. Yeah, it's, and it's hard to say as a fan too because you only get to see what they're like on the field. They could be a completely different person in the clubhouse. Like, hey, dude, you gotta well, you gotta do this. You gotta do that. You what know? they say in the post conference or press conference? Do they really mean that, or are they more just you know? It's more so that they don't. They're they're they're, they're you know they're uh, both sided neutral neutral ground. Yeah, that's what happens. We yeah, do this. or the, yeah. you know sometimes you see it though. We've seen Boone. You know, this is embarrassing, and you've seen the difference this year with him. Mm. Kind of need to have a player too. When it's time to, you know, call someone out, you gotta call them out. That's literally the name. That's pretty much should have been the name of the topic. Yeah. When it's time to be like, hey, you're really not doing anything. You gotta be able to say, hey, you're really not doing anything. Right. Yeah, you know, a team with a good balanced clubhouse with uh, uh, guys that are kind of will go about their business, take criticism, and run, run with it. There's guys that like a Donaldson or a Muncie or a Ramon Liriano who's going to get up in your face, probably tell you what, what's going on. And then you got guys, like you said, like a Freddie Freeman, who's just a natural-born leader, probably. I mean, I you know, we're not in the clubhouse guy. with exactly. him. Exactly, that middle yeah. ground guy. Will, he, he will get to you, almost grab you by the <clears> jersey, and be like, hey, listen. But he'll also be the first one to pat you on the back and be won't even know he's there. Right. Because he's just calm, smooth, and collected. But then there's times he'll grab you and be like, you know, you're really being a piece of shit yeah. right now. They'll <laughs> know what the situation calls for. Does it call for me screaming, yelling, and throwing something? Or does it call for me going, hey, listen, guys. This is what's going on, yeah, you know. Looping out, chucking guys over tables <laughs> and pulling, you know, kicking, you know, water coolers and stuff. Yeah. You know, but yeah, I I just think that's why some of these teams struggle for these long extended times. Agreed. They just can't find that leader to kick them in the ass. Yeah, and it it, you know, it depends because there's certain years teams just get that right mix. They just all gel together, even if they're not the best. The, the they may not be the best players, you know, stat wise that you put on the field, but somehow when you get them all in the clubhouse and you get them all together, it just works. Yeah, you, know, and you don't want to let each other down and you get that team moving. And you could look, another example, to be honest with you, you don't want to prolong this any longer, but look at the Twins last year. They were terrible. Who'd they get this year? Correa. That's Didn't, a guy I think that splits that middle. Yeah. Well, he'll pat you on the back when you need it, but he'll get, he'll get up on you. And I mean, I'm mean, i not the biggest fan of his, and we know his history, but and look at the difference. Now, was it just a little bit of bad luck too? Sure. But... You get that leader. It just seems to be a different, like, you don't want to let each other down. You know, this guy knows what we're doing. When we're playing good, he's great. When we're playing bad, he'll call you out on it. When you do something stupid, he'll call you out on it. Mm-hmm. You're accountable for this team or wins and your own actions. The coach is only going to put you out in the field. He writes your name in the lineup. That's all he does. That's all he does. you got to take it from there. Yeah, uh, it's, you know, you, you can see it too, uh, you know, players – on the field and managers and stuff, um, you know, you can tell when a team's struggling mentally too, because that's the old the old Yogi quote is is 
you know, baseball is 90% mental and the other half is physical. Um, but it's most, it is mostly a mental game. So if you have a strong headed clubhouse with the right group of guys, I think a team like that can go anywhere. You know, look at the Orioles. They don't have the most prolific power hitters or contact hitters or whatever, but whatever they got going on in that clubhouse is is, is, is just working. Yeah. Excitement. They want to play together. Uh, you're young. You know, but maybe they want to prove something. But you know, had Mancini was a hell of a leader mm-hmm. after all his been been through. You know, they got guys like that. Just seem like they, you know, but they don't have a bunch of other ones after Mancini, right? At this point, there are a lot of young guys. Yeah, but a lot of young guys who have nothing, no knowledge of losing. No, I mean, what Rugnet Odor is probably the biggest veteran on the team. I, yeah. I I don't even know. Yeah, but they have a bunch of young guys. They have no idea what losing feels like because they've never been in the majors. Yeah. You know, and yeah. then they have some guys who know exactly how bad it is to lose. Mm-hmm. So they have a little bit different kind of leadership play for their own style, right. you yeah. know, but you need, again, you need that. It's just, that strikes me with looking at some of these teams like the Angels, Yankees, White Sox, Twins last year, you know, it kind of strikes you when you go, boy, there's just something not quite. Yeah. Like, They're missing that secret sauce. Not, it's not there. You look at the Astros in previous years, they had, you know, they were leaders. Mm-hmm. Springer and guys like that. It's like you had them. Yeah, you had a core like of teammates. Yeah, this team was going to be solid. They have their leaders. They're going to fight up and down, and, and, and they're going to get on each other when they need to, and they're going to pat each other on the back when they need to. Yeah, but absolutely. they fight if they had to, too. you got to fight people mm-hmm. sometimes. you got to be uh, – I mean, that could be the difference, too. It's Mets season. Came out the gate fighting people. It was opening day. You were fighting somebody. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it makes a difference. It gets uh, a little fire under everyone's ass, you know? Yeah. So, you know, the the difference maker we'll see in the playoffs. You know, that's that's make or break, you know, guys. Whether a team gets hot or not is another thing. But if you got a right group of guys, again, you could go anywhere. You could do anything. Look at the 2019 Nationals. Worst to best. So yeah. it, it can happen. It could definitely happen. Uh, so let's move on to the wrap-up piece of the news. Number four here, um, who is doing the best right now? So the Dodgers still own the best record in the league by quite a bit, and they probably will to the end of the year. Uh, they are 93-42, and 42, while the Mets and Braves are currently tied like we previously mentioned for the NL East and the second best record in the NL at 85 and 51 uh, over in the NL or the AL, the Astros have the best record at 87 and 49 while the Yankees have the second best at 81 and 54. Uh, the Dodgers on the best run differential at plus 294 and the Pirates and the Nationals share the worst run differential at minus 203. Yeah. So those are your best and worst teams. Not much really changing. Yeah. Some teams like I hear on the hot list Rays. Uh, Rays, Blue Jays, Mariners, Angels, Braves, and Cardinals have been one of the best teams since uh, the deadline. They're like 28 and 7 or 29 and 8 or something yeah. like that. Um, some teams that have been cold, Tigers all year. Rangers have been bad of late. They've been 1-9 over the last 10 or so. Marlins are terrible. I think they lost 8 in a row at this point. Uh, Cubs obviously struggle and the Pirates, as you mentioned, already struggled. So those are some hot and cold teams I had. Yeah, no, those teams make sense. Uh Especially the bad ones, or the cold ones, I should say. Yeah. yeah, so with that, let's move on to who's hot and who's not, the hot and cold section of the show. Your AL player of the week was Xander Bogarts, and I believe the NL was probably Zach Gallen, because isn't he the one with the, the 43 yeah, summit yeah, innings? Yeah, I believe he won it in the NL. You probably have him, if I had to guess. But but in the AL, the, the guy that won was Xander Bogarts, so I have here. He batted 458 over the last week with a 583 slugging and a 1083 OPS. Number two, I don't know how he didn't win Player of the Week, but Bo Bichette batted 593 with a 1259 slugging and an 1866 OPS. A three home run um, game. I think he had like a three home run game, and he had like four home runs in 
in five at bats yeah. or it was something incredible. So I don't know how he quite didn't get it, but sure. Number three, Jose Altuve, batting three eighty one with a seven sixty two slugging and eleven ninety seven over over the last week. Eleven ninety seven OPS that is. Uh number four, Adley Rushman. Talking about probably the future leader of that Orioles team. Batted 375 over the last week with a 708 slugging and an 1172 OPS. And number five, a name that should be more familiar with this list than he has been this year is Mike Trout. Batted 350 over the last week with an 850 slugging and a 1259 OPS. Um, so, with the exception of really, I guess, Adley Rushman being a rookie, very familiar names between Bichette, Bogarts, Altuve, and Trout. Yeah. We've seen those names quite a bit. <laughs> yeah, and some guys like on my list here are probably some maybe – you know, ones you don't see much on this list. Um, Elvis Andrews, since going to the White Sox, has been hot. Berserk. Yeah. yeah. Um, good for him. I always kind of liked him. Uh, Michael Harris for the Braves, doing good. Tommy Edmond, been red hot of late for the Cardinals, doing his thing. And Vaughn Grissom for the Braves as well, mm. the young player who's been pretty hot here of late. Yeah. Um, some pitchers, you mentioned Zach Gallon, Dylan Cease, of course, Alex Cobb. I think he went seven or eight shutout innings the other day. I know. You uh, Darvish, another one with seven or eight shutout innings the other day. Logan Gilbert's been red hot his last two starts. I think he got 12 innings, zero runs, like one walk, like 18 strikeouts or something like that. And Strider, you want to talk about strikeouts, struck out 16 guys in one start and then came in today. And I believe went six innings, two runs, he got the win again today. So he's been red hot. And his, I mean, I think he's damn near leading the league in strikeouts. And he really was a reliever and didn't pitch much in the beginning of the year. Yeah. And he's been unbelievable. His swing and miss stuff is, is some of the best, if not the best, in baseball at this point. I mean, they just don't touch him. I think it's got like 180 strikeouts or something, like 120 innings, if that. Uh, it's ridiculous. I mean, especially being Braves, sounding a lot like a Chris Medlin situation. You know what I mean? Like all of a sudden, you come out of nowhere, and you're just absolutely dominant. And he's got some stank <clears> on him coming off that mound. You know, he's he's walking off that mound. He pitched against Dodgers earlier this year when he was first kind of becoming a starter, and people started realizing him. Mm. He shut them right down. What was it, like seven innings, one run? No no runs, I think, that game against the Dodgers. I think it was a shutout, yeah. Um, I think he pitched against the Cardinals early on. He He's just – he's got that it factor. It's just the walks. Sometimes he does walk a little bit, guys, but it's getting, he has that nasty stuff that's just – boy, he's, he's a strikeout guy, though. Oh, yeah. He's I, disgusting. I think his most recent start was 16 strikeouts. Um it was 16 strikeouts and no walks, which I think was only like the 20-somethingth or 30th time yeah. in MLB eight history. Eight, I think he only had like 102 pitches through eight innings. To, yeah. To, or 105. It wasn't like a whole – like he probably could have went another inning, but, you know, also, you know, have to. Yeah, you <laughs> don't – yeah. Up like seven, not I think, too. Yeah, so there's no point in stretching him, you know, yeah. overstretching him. So, yeah, he's he's been awesome. He's been a big part of that Braves. Um, you know, and that's a, that's a thing, too, with that – what's so impressive about that Braves team – is the Mets aren't do really doing you any favors. They have 85 wins, too. You know, it's not like the Mets really are playing bad, like we've seen with the Yankees, bad baseball. Braves are just that good. Since June, you know? the Braves have, like, 10 losses. Yeah, so, I mean, <laughs> it's, it's you know, I know Mets fans have been, you know, kind of getting down on what's going on, but I'm like, man, that's a good Braves team. You can't – you're doing the best you can. You know, you're going to win – Quite a, just both teams are going to win just about 100 games, so you what are you going to do? Division, though, because then you get that first round bye. Yeah, absolutely. And you're going to try avoiding that that Dodgers or Braves or, you know, whoever the higher seeds are. And you could be home, you know, so you really got to Yeah, you don't want to go into that three-game set, you know, against, I guess it would be like the... Yeah, you could go against Philly. I guess, yeah, the... Ooh. You got Zach Wheeler, Aaron Nola on the mound, and then the way that that offense can hit. Yeah. Now, you know, you got, if you're the Mets, you know, obviously, DeRom and Scherzer. Well, Scherzer, you know, hurt. We'll get into that yeah. later, but... You don't want to get into that. And then no. the division game, 
you don't ever want to get into any of that ruckus. Absolutely uh, not. You play the Cardinals. Anytime Cardinals are in October playing baseball, you don't want to play them. No, especially with Pulhos and Yachty's last season, and who knows with Wainwright. Yeah, that get, you don't want to have to go to Bush Stadium or anything. No, and you get Flaherty <laughs> coming back. You don't want to play them. No, no so, I wouldn't. You know, and then eventually you do end up passing them. Then you got to play the high seeds. You got to play the Braves. You got to play the Dodgers. Something like that. You know, you don't want to. You, you rather just avoid try avoiding that stuff. And yeah. Let the first round beat each other up, and then you you know you pick up the crumbs later. Yeah, I, I mean you know, it's just a good division. It is what it is. It's very competitive, and we kind of thought it would be. So here we are. So from there, let's move on to the cold players of the week. Uh, the first guy I have here is Adolis Garcia, batted 083 over the last week, the 250 slugging and a 333 OPS, who really all year had been unbelievable, uh, quietly over with Texas. Um, probably contributing to that, what, 1-9, 10-game, yeah, yeah, you know, so cold here. what the hell. Uh, number two. As you mentioned with the Mets, Pete Alonso batted 059 over the last week with a 235 slugging and a 435 OPS. Uh, he's been struggling a little bit for the last month, I think. Oh, Lars Newtbar, number three, batted 059 over the last week with a 235 slugging and a 340 OPS. Uh, number four, Brendan Rodgers, zero average, zero slugging, and a 167 OPS. He's over his last 15. And number five, uh, Giancarlo Stanton batted 067 over the last week with an 067 slugging and a 192 OPS. Another guy contributing to the Yankees. You know, troublesome month or so here is a guy that was hurt and is now not really playing well. Probably still hurt. So yeah, those are your uh, those are your cold players of the week that yeah. I got. Yes, yeah, some ones I got here. Uh, Vlad, it's been cold for the Blue Jays there. Corey Seager, another Ranger. Uh, Bobby Witt's been cold of late, and Ahmad Rosario. Some uh, pitchers here that have been cold: Rich Hill, Cole Irvin, Sean Manaya. It's been getting hit pretty hard this year. Kyle Gibson not quite having his year, and Kyle Wright for the Braves. So there's some pitchers to go along with a few hitters that Mike and the ones that Mike already had to mention. Yeah, some surprising names on there, especially like a guy like Kyle Wright, who really came up and was pretty shut down almost in every start he had, you know, when he first came up. So seeing names like that, it's like, oh, man, what's going on there, you know? Yeah. So Manaya, another guy that came up and was lights out for that one yeah. season or half season or whatever, and yeah, just hasn't the, really the Red Sox. Yeah, and so. just kind of really hasn't gotten back to that. So I don't know. Yeah. So next thing I got here is some injuries. We had uh, Shane McClanahan placed on the IL with a shoulder. Rizzo on the IL with a back slash headache nonsense he's got going on. Uh, Stanton day to day with a foot injury. Lemayu day to day with a foot injury, and Benatendi. Uh, broke his handmade bone. He's going to be out here till October. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. Uh, Luis Robert still isn't playing games. Still been day to day. Not sh- sure what's going on. When he's been healthy this year, he's been great. Yeah. Uh, Max Scherzer placing the IO with the left oblique. They say it's more just precautionary, but again, he's 30. I don't even know. Seven, he's 38. Eight. Yeah. Yeah. With the same injury already, you're going down the stretch here, right? It's almost playoff time. You're on the, losing the grip of the division, so they're in some trouble there. Still I think up. I think um real quick before you get into that, I didn't Scherzer have kind of a similar issue last year with the Dodgers right at the end here. He was getting yeah. kind of yeah. all banged he, up. Yep, then he pitched, he wasn't really pitching that great. Yeah. And then yeah, so that's Thought what, you, so. what you gotta worry about. Uh Marte hit on the hand yesterday, left the game, got X rays negative, he's getting more scanning and MRI, so there's not out of the clear yet. That could be a huge loss. Uh Cassianos in the IEL seems like it's more like precautionary kind of he'll be back shortly, but Again, you're in the chase for wild cards and playoff spots. You really don't want these guys missing. Jose Iglesias placed on the IL. And Brandon Belt, done for the year with knee surgery. And Brandon Drury, concussion IL. Got hit in the head 
last Friday, give or take. Um, the hope is he'll be back this by the weekend. Is the hope, but he got placed on the IL, and we all know, all know the head injuries and vision problems he's had in the past. Yeah. On the update side of things, Nestor Cortez throwing live pitching sessions, so he should be coming back here pretty shortly. Mm. Chapman's about to start doing some throwing. He'll be back for the Yankees at some point. Tyler Melee, thanks for coming back. If you're a Twins fan, came back, pitched two innings, got shell, hurt his arm again. He's back on the I.L. Tim Anderson, still not cleared to swing yet, so he probably won't be back here until last few days of the season. Uh, Ryan Presley, not activated. He still has some something wrong with his neck. Verlander, they keep kind of pushing him back. You probably won't see him really much till the end of the regular season, maybe a start at the end. Uh, Zach Wheeler's delayed with his throwing. He's had a little setback, but he's still throwing the ball. So he's still, still, still doing a throwing program, so I don't think it'll be too long. But, you know, again, the Phillies, you need these guys back. Flaherty for the Cardinals, back five innings, one earned the other day. Looked pretty good. He topped up at like 97.1. You can get him going because he's an ace in baseball. Yeah. The Cardinals could be even scarier. Tony Gosselin should be returning here soon. And Walker Buehler got his second Tommy John surgery. So he's done for obviously this year and probably just about all next year. Yeah. So yep. that's where we're at injury news wise. I mean, and then, you know, there's other ones. Acuna seems to be day to day every single day. <laughs> uh, Soraka, Soroka, he should mm-hmm. be, he's on the verge of coming back. They actually technically optioned him back down to the minor so he can get some more starts, but he's off the rehab assignment. But he's still, it's still technically his rehab assignment. But yeah. That's... He should be back here soon. I don't know where else I can, you know, Votto expects to continue playing next year. If you want to just put that in there, he mentioned that. So yeah, yeah. Otherwise, that's like your injury update on, you know, on the update side. So a lot of the big names there and a lot of playoff contenders that need their guys back. Yeah. The Walker Bueller one stinks because I like him. Especially and since he's, a good he's been pitcher. out since May, June. You feel like, oh, you get time John there. You could be back at the end of the next year. Mm. You wait till August, September, you're, you're out. Yeah. Pretty much for, you know, all next year. Yeah. It stinks. It stinks for the Dodgers, really. You know, yeah. they have him and and Bauer had his problems. So there's two guys you expected in the next few years yeah, to be ready to go. Obviously, going to start sliding. He's hurt every year at this point, and yeah, yeah, it's. But uh, hey, 93 wins. I guess they're not really. Yeah, I, don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. guess they're absorbing it. I don't yeah, know. You put the money somewhere else. Yeah, for, you don't know, worry about it too much, right? Buy enough lottery tickets, you win something, right? Yeah, I don't so, know. The last thing I got here is a trivia question. And went, went, who was the last player to win the NL or National League Triple Crown? And the answer to that, in 1937 for the St. Louis Cardinals, of course, Joe Medwick, Hall of Fame left fielder, batted 374, led the league, 31 home runs led the league, 154 RBIs led the league. He also went on to lead the league with a 641 slugging, 111 runs, 237 hits, and 56 doubles. He was the last NL National League Triple Crown winner. Yeah, wow. It's kind of crazy that in the years after that, you know, you had Mickey Mantle winning the, the you know, the uh, Triple Crown. He had the MLB Triple Crown, I think, in like 56. He was the last had, one, I believe, to win the both league Triple Crown. Yeah. Um, Ted Williams. Yeah, so you have all these. Uh, Miggy just did it uh, eight years ago, well, I think, yeah, or something like that. With the, with Fenway, by the way. Two Red Sox do it, yeah. Sure. yeah, no, yeah. No, that doesn't raise your home runs or RBIs or average now, sure. No, definitely not. So, I just want to throw that out there. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's just weird that the the AL has had so many and the NL has been stuck in this, I guess it would be like 80-some year or 80-year gap. Uh, you know, it's pretty crazy. So, yeah. I don't know. Hopefully, Gold- Goldschmidt does it. I like Goldschmidt, so. Yeah, I think Goldschmidt's a Hall of Famer. 
at this point. I mean, you know, and people forget too. He had like a twenty twenty season. Well, he stole a lot I of bases with Arizona. Yeah, I think um, he fits with the Cardinals. Though. That uniform, almost like how was he not wearing this for whole, his ever since he was born? It almost makes me forget. I was, I don't know why. Yeah, I just like, like Arizona. You're like, oh, he wouldn't he play with them? And yeah, he's like that's where he played. I know. That's what I think. I think all the time. Like, oh, he was always a Cardinal, right? Oh, I almost right. feel like that with Ornato already too. Yeah. Like the Rockies, that purple. Then you look over the Cardinals, so that's what happens. Yeah, so it looks over there. Right. So, I agree. But, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's pretty much all I got. Uh, we have a Labor Day. So, yeah. that's, you know, almost the end of summer at that point. Football is back, right? Thursday, tomorrow. Yeah. We'll be watching football. Watching another team out in L.A. Paid for a bunch of players. <laughs> so, you know, we'll see what that goes out there. Yeah. Raiders will be doing their thing. So, football's back. College football, we already seen ruckus. LSU missing extra points to tie the game. Mm-hmm. That's what happens. But football's back. Uh, basketball's on the verge. Hockey's on the verge. Uh, racing's in its playoffs. So, again, we talk about it every couple of weeks here. But we're on the verge of some just absolute chaos in the sports world. Uh, yeah, absolutely. You know, by the time this goes live, you'll have enough time to listen to this and then watch the, you know, the football night. game. So, yeah. um, that'll be cool. And it's actually, you know, I know Thursday Night Football kind of has the tendency to it has like a bad stigma of not having the good game. It kind of has more of a barn burner type game tendency. But this is, from, you know, from what I understand, is supposed to be a pretty good, uh, pretty good game. So it's exciting your opening night that you got a, you know, a game that people are going to want to check in on. Um, yeah. And then fantasy football's going to be in full oh. effect. And yeah. I know people that people that aren't even football fans love fantasy football. So oh, yeah. it's just such a big thing. And and just this time of the year with playoff baseball and uh, and all fantasy, right? Yeah, fantasy baseball, yeah, playoffs for us. So far, knock on wood, you know, so far so good for me. But Frank had a bye, so he's sitting pretty no, right now. Because I'll have a first-round knockout. <laughs> yeah. First, second seed every year, knocked out in the first round. Yeah, we'll, we'll come back next week and see. Uh, it'll probably be uh, – we'll It'll either round, be but... – <laughs> yeah, yeah, it'll either be uh, it'll either be a, a incredible collapse by me to lose this week or – it, you know, or, or I got to play this guy for the fourth time. And yeah, I or it's all three times really. In reality, I had him beat all three times, but you know that never happens. Yeah, team just fell apart absolute nonsense. His team, the last time I played him, he batted nine eighty on seven, Sunday. Seven home runs in one day is incredible. Yeah, and seven at bats and batted nine hundred is incredible. <laughs> so yeah, so we'll see. We'll you know, there's a lot of lot a lot of sports stuff to look forward to. Obviously, hockey, hockey and basketball getting into their season not in the not too distant future. Not so over, yeah, rolls around. Yeah, so um, a lot to look forward to, but. Hope everyone had a good Labor Day and uh, stayed safe and had fun. And um, if you're going back to school, good luck. Yeah, good luck. Uh, I'm not. I'm not envious of you. Um, But other than that, uh, that's really all I got. And we're getting really close to some divisional and wild card uh, showdowns here. So pennants and everything else, celebrations, champagnes popping, and things like that. Yeah, it'll get even more. uh, It'll get tighter and tighter as the you know for the most part as uh, as the uh, weeks go on here so what we shall uh, we shall see and we will be here so yep. again uh, you know that's all i got so unless you got anything else you can just wrap this one up no that's it uh yeah we're just exciting time and football wise go raiders yeah there you go um all right well uh thank you guys for listening you can catch this podcast on apple Podcasts, as well as google Podcasts and spotify you can listen on our regularly updated youtube channel as well as our website screwball.podbean.com you can follow me on Twitter at Real Mike Lepre. You can follow me on Instagram at Mike Lepre. And you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at FDubsTen. You can follow our official Screwball Twitter at ScrewballPod. You can follow our official Screwball Facebook at ScrewballPod. No Ian Screw. And that's it from us, guys. We'll see you next week. Yep, take care.